Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the sermon series entitled, Faith is the Victory, with part five. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Now here is our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Help us today, O God, to attack severely every enemy of this faith. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In North Africa, the natives have a very easy way to capture monkeys, to kill and eat them. So what do they do? A gourd with a hole just sufficiently large so that a monkey can thrust his hand into it. And uh, this gourd is filled with nuts and fastened firmly to a branch of a tree at sunset. During the night, a monkey will discover the scent of food in the gourd and will put his hand into the gourd and grasp a handful of nuts. But the hole is too small for the monkey to withdraw his clenched fist. And he has not sense enough to let go his bounty so that he may escape capture and death. Thus he pulls and pulls without success. And when morning comes, he's quickly and easily taken. I want to speak to you about covetousness that grasps for more, covetousness that kills many a Christian. We have been considering the subject of faith in the triune God, saving faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And St. John declared, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Yet we must daily fight certain heart attitudes that attack the vitals of this persevering and obedient faith. These evil heart attitudes should be vigorously opposed. Attitudes such as covetousness, bitterness, envy, and so on. So today we want to speak to you about covetousness, the definition of it, the biblical teaching on it, and the biblical solution to this sin of covetousness. The Greek word for covetousness is pleonexia. That comes from two words, pleon means more, echo means to have, to possess. So simply, greed, pleonexia, means to possess more than what I presently have. To have more stuff. So covetousness is an attitude of dissatisfaction, discontentment, and unhappiness. A dissatisfaction with one's possession, 
position, person. That's why billions of dollars are spent for cosmetic surgery. The dissatisfaction with our appearance. Possession, position, person, and place where we live. If only I move to some, uh, some other place. Dissatisfaction with our circumstances. Covetousness is the sinful attitude that if I have more stuff, then I would be fully and truly happy. More money, more power, more sex with more people. Newer gadgets, living in different places, living in different houses, larger and larger and larger. It is the chasing after one more dollar syndrome. The Bible speaks about this problem as expressed in various people. First of all, Eve was miserable with her existence in the pre-fallen state in the Garden of Eden. It's a mystery, mystery of evil. So she coveted the forbidden fruit and she took it and ate it and discovered it is not happiness but eternal misery. Remember the story of Ahab, if only he could get Naboth's vineyard, he thought he would be happy. Remember the fool who built a bigger barn to house the abundant crops. And he believed in a philosophy which Jesus exposed, which is the philosophy that vast majority of people in the world believe. And that is, life consists in stuff and abundance of stuff. But Jesus contradicted that popular philosophy of life. He said, life does not consist in abundance of stuff. Balaam sought happiness through ample reward. And he disobeyed God. Achan lusted and took the forbidden gold and silver and Babylonish garment. Hoping that these things would make him content and happy. Judas sought happiness in more silver and sold Christ for 30 pieces. And he went and hanged himself. Mr. Demas, a fellow minister of St. Paul, we are told, abandoned Christ and the gospel and his apostle Paul. He went back to Thessalonica, having loved this present world. He said, it is time that I made money and acquired more stuff. Yet none of these found happiness with possessing more. They pierced themselves with many griefs. Our hearts are restless 
until they find rest. Not in more stuff, but in God. The covetous man works hard to obtain more things to be happy and content. Yet contentment eludes him. Instead, the covetous man erects a wall between himself and God, the source of all happiness. He also, therefore, erects a wall between him and his neighbor, his spouse, his children, and others. He isolates himself, not realizing that happiness is not in isolation, but in relation. Relation with God and people. The covetous man hugs himself and his material things. He is a greedy man. He is insatiable. He is a man given to avarice. So he cheats and defrauds to make more money. He violates God's moral law to obtain things. We hear stories such as people at Enron and the lobbyist by name Abramoff. The covetous man thinks he controls his wealth, but in fact he is controlled by his money. He is a slave of his money and power. He is addicted to these. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So a covetous man then hates God and serves as a slave money. And all what money can buy. So let us now consider what does the scripture say about this? A fig of covetousness that attacks authentic faith in Jesus Christ. We read in Exodus 20 and verse 17, the 10th commandment says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Or his manservant, maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Paul says in Romans 7, I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said do not covet. Covetousness, this desire to possess more, to be happy, is greed. It is idolatry. It is transgressing God's law. It is being opposed to God who alone makes his people happy with his own presence. Proverbs 23 and verse 4, we read this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have wisdom, have understanding to show restraint he works but he does not worship this is work is his worship this hard working man is a fool for he thinks more money will make him more happy so more work will bring him more money 
The more he works, the more miserable he gets. For he isolates himself from God, his family, and his friends. He's a fool. He thinks newer is better. Bigger is better. More is happiness and security. Please notice, this verse does not promote laziness. For in the fourth commandment, God commands us to work with our hands. Six days that we may have something to give to those who are poor. Proverbs 30, verse 7, 8, and 9. Israelite, the pious person, says, Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. What a danger. Too much in the hands of certain people. They declare their independence from God. They don't need God. And say, who is the Lord? That's what Pharaoh said. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? I don't need God. I have money. Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. The pious Israelite is aware of what happens when one has too much or too little. Psalm 119 and verse 36 in the King James Version. Turn my heart toward your statutes. That is the word. And not toward covetousness. The psalmist understands the problem. Covetousness is opposed to God. Covetousness is worship of money. It is turning away from the living God. It is forsaking the spring of living water. And digging for oneself broken cisterns. That cannot hold any water. Covetousness is drinking salt water to quench our thirst. The solution to the problem of covetousness is to turn to God's word and commune with God in the word. And so the psalmist is praying. And so we pray that God may lead us to the living waters of his word. We need God to turn our hearts away from idols of materialism. Because we naturally worship things. In Romans 1 verse 28 and 29, we read this. A covetous man rejects God and the knowledge of God. And so God punishes him with a depraved mind. A rotten mind. A mind that does not function right. God punishes those who reject the knowledge of God, which alone makes man truly happy. A manifestation of this punishment is that he practices greed. So when you see a person grasping for more, he is under divine judgment. And so he worships things. It's a punishment from God. He seeks happiness in greed and 
and dies having not found happiness. A covetous man rejects the knowledge of God, true happiness, for a mirage. He falsely believes more things, more power, more sex will make him fulfilled. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 11. We learn this. But now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother. But is sexually immoral or greedy. You see, we oppose sexual immorality, we oppose homosexuality, we oppose abortion, we oppose everything else but greed. But covetousness, we enthroned covetousness as a good thing. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother but is greedy. An idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. Not associate, not fellowship, not eat with such a man because he is contagious. He will corrupt you. He will make you an immoral person, a greedy person, a swindler, a drunkard. Bad company corrupts good people. And Ephesians 5 verse 5, the text we read, we read for of this you can be sure. There is no question about it. This is a divine certainty. What is it? No greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. More is better. More is not better. Small is not worse. But one thing is sure, a greedy person, no matter what he claims, is outside of God's kingdom, outside of life, outside of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He belongs to the kingdom of the evil one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And 1 Corinthians 6 verse 10 tells us a greedy person is not washed, is unclean, is filthy, not sanctified, not justified. And Colossians 3, 5 and 6, we read, put to death therefore, and in Greek, put to death once for all, put to death once for all therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Greed which is idolatry. Because of this, the wrath of God is coming. A greedy man worships creation, not God. So God is angry and his wrath falls upon him. He has all the time in the world to make money, build things. No time to be in the word, to pray, to commune with God. Covetousness. Is not, is not a Christian character quality. It is a cancer in our spiritual life. It is sheer worldliness. It is sheer secularism. It must be cut out of, or it will kill us for sure. 
by separating us from our God who is our life. Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Take drastic action to rid yourselves of it. Let me tell you, no self-determination can kill our covetousness. We need supernatural help. Therefore, we read in Romans 8 and verse 13, For if by the Spirit, that is Holy Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you shall live. We destroy covetousness, but by the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, then we shall surely live in the presence of God. In Philippians 4, 11 through 13, we spoke from this before. Paul is in chains, he is in prison for the gospel, yet he is rejoicing. He is happy, he is content. He is deprived of all things, yet he is content. He says, I have learned, I know, I have a skill, I know. I have been instructed in the secret of happiness. And what is that secret? It is the sufficiency of Christ who is with him. The secret is abiding in the vine in the language of St. John. So he says, I can do all things. Abound, abased. I can be in prison, I can be set free, I can live, I can die. Content with whatever condition he is put by God. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who continually strengthens me. Happiness is to be possessed by God and possess God. That is contentment. And go home and read First Timothy 6, 6 through 12. It teaches us a few things. It teaches us it is not possession of more stuff that makes us happy. It teaches us godliness characterized with contentment is great gain in this life and in the life to come. It teaches us we came into the world with empty hand. And go out of this world with empty hand. It teaches us what is necessary for our physical life is food and coverings. It tells us if we have food and coverings, we are to be content. And Jesus Christ guarantees this basic necessity to every person who will work. And he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. First Timothy 6 teaches us, people who crave to be rich, they fall. Fall into temptation of the devil. Fall into the trap of the devil. Fall into many immoral and injurious desires that utterly destroy them. Teaches us such people meet with utter and total destruction. Not happiness, 
They strove for it. They craved for it. Instead, they got utter destruction. This text tells us love of money is a root of all evil. Or I translate mother of all evil. This hidden evil root in due time will produce bitter fruit that will be evident to all in due course. Covetousness first takes place deep within the heart. You are enticed and sin is conceived and pretty soon it is manifested. And we are told in this text, lovers of money become apostates. They wander away from the faith, from God, away from God. And then we are told, they crucified themselves. It is their own activity with many griefs. Classic example is Judas and, and Achan and so on. The covetous finally crucified themselves and not going to be resurrected to life. So we are told in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, keep yourselves free from the love of money. And be content with what you have because God has promised. What is it? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Finally, what is the solution to this problem of covetousness? God is the solution. A covetous man is totally wrong in terms of the locus of his contentment, the source of it. He is deceived into thinking. More things will make him happy. The Bible uses a phrase, deceitfulness of riches. He subscribes to the philosophy that happiness consists in the abundance of stuff. Luke 12:15. He's wrong. The source of happiness for man is God. So man, a covetous man, is restless unless he finds his rest in God. So what's the solution? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus said this in John 4:13 and 14. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him shall never thirst. Eternal and everlasting contentment in God. We do not need more things. We need more of God. John 6 and verse 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. The psalmist in Psalm 16 tells us, I have set the Lord, not money, not stuff. I have set the Lord always before me. In other words, I worship the Lord. Have you set the Lord always before you? Because he is at my right hand, the place of honor. I will never be shaken. Total security. Therefore, my heart is glad. 
Psalm 27 verse 4 and 5 tells us one thing I ask one thing I seek and what is this that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and what is the grand purpose to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord that's the grand purpose Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's what blessing is all about. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. This is eternal life. This is eternal happiness, eternal contentment, and everlasting joy. In Psalm 73, the psalmist was unhappy and miserable when he saw the wicked prosper. And he came to the temple and he learned the truth. And now he tells us, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire. There is nothing on earth I desire besides you. And then he is a realist. He says, My flesh and my heart may fail. That means I will die. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Translation, I live because of this God. Are you content with what you have, with your possession and position, with your person, with your place and other circumstances? If not, it is because we are covetous. We locate our happiness in the stuff of creation. Let's learn true source of our happiness is God. And thank God that he revealed himself in the scriptures. In the person of Christ. Desire him. Desire nothing else. Jesus said to Mary and Martha, one thing is needful. One thing is needful for your happiness. Choose God. Choose God in Christ. Christ crucified. And Christ risen. And Christ who is with us always. Even unto the end of the ages. Heavenly Father we pray that you help us. To find our happiness not in anything else. But in you alone. This we pray in Jesus name. Amen. This has been part 5 of the sermon series entitled. Faith is a victory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.